How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Brad, and you're listening to Bacon Wrap Business. If you're not a subscriber on iTunes, you're going to want to go ahead and do that right now if you do happen to be listening on the iPhone app. Today, we are going to talk to a new friend of mine named Clint Arthur. I met Clint a couple of weeks ago at a speaker's event with a good friend of mine, a mentor, and a former podcast guest named Sean Stevenson. And before I jump right into exactly who Clint is and why you want to listen really closely to what he has to say, let me explain the way that I met him. And you'll appreciate this because you realize that here on Bacon Rat Business, one of the things that we try to lead with and we try to really uh, create more understanding around is how to build authentic relationships with people, whether they're business people, whether they're friends, whether they're colleagues, and how to build these relationships that you can then really shortcut your path to success. So I always appreciate when I see somebody doing something really unique. So I was at this event uh, with Sean, his 10K speeches event, and there was a guy there, and I, I had recognized Clint. He'd been at the other one uh, like six months prior. We didn't get to speak too much, but I'd recognized him. And the next thing I know, in passing, he invites me to something called this unforgettable feast. And the next thing I know, a few minutes later, we're sitting at a table with, uh, I believe, six other people, eight of us total, uh, of fellow attendees sharing our stories in a really structured manner. I mean, this is some really structured networking that we were doing. And as a, as a kind of a networker and a connector myself, I, I really appreciated the time and effort that Clint took into connecting with the folks at this event. So afterwards, I started speaking with Clint even more, and I invited him to be on the show because... He actually has something even more cool to share with you. <laughs> so there, there's you can hear Clint in the background laughing. I'll go ahead and say uh, welcome to the show, Clint. Welcome to Bacon Rat Business. Donald Trump will be very proud of you for that introduction. Done. <laughs> Nicely done. Cool. Thank you. Well, uh, as I said, I really appreciated your, um, you know, the time and effort you put into making that connection. I want to circle back to that here in just one second. But for for folks who don't know who you are, I'll give. I want to give you a real brief little bio without reading it word from word, but I mean, you are, if if anybody's familiar with direct marketing, they'll be familiar with who Dan Kennedy is and the Glazer Kennedy uh, uh, school of teaching this so that you are the GKIC info marketer of the year. You went to the Wharton school of business. You are a multiple best-selling author, but you're really most famous for helping others get famous or a degree of celebrity, Right. Nicely done. That it even impressed me, man. That is exactly what I've been doing, and it's been a real rocket ride uh, ever since I stopped smoking pot and even stopped smoking, uh, stopped drinking alcohol. It's gotten even faster. <laughs> It'll do that. You know? Yeah, things will speed and, up when you get rid of those. Oh my god! And uh, and and yes, I mean, when I was a little kid, when I was fourteen years old, I read about the Wharton School of Business in a book mm-hmm. and decided then that that's where I wanted to go. I had no idea 
that as a lower middle class kid, I had really no business being there, that all my fraternity brothers would be the scions of millionaires and great industrialists. Uh, and, and yet there I was, because when you're young and you make up your mind to do something, you can do it. And, you know, it kind of happened the same way with television. I made up my mind that I wanted to be on the Today Show, even though my publicist laughed at me in the beginning because I was a middle-aged guy nobody had ever heard of. I had a self-published book nobody had ever bought. I had no TV experience. And, you know, I just – I followed her advice. See, when you, when you get to connect with people who actually know what they're doing or even have an inkling of what they're doing, you should – Try to follow their advice. It accelerates your, your progression. And she advised me to go on local TV. Now, in my first month of going on local TV, I spent $6,000 paying 1500 bucks for each of four appearances on a pay-for-placement basis. Hey, so let me let, – before you continue that, that's, a, that's, that's where I want to go. But what were you – when you wanted be, to be on TV, what did, what did you want to be on TV for? What was your business either at the time or what were you promoting? Okay, so – Think about September, October 2008, right? The world was melting down. I was at a men's self-help campfire. And I, I, I was standing there at the campfire and the shaman on the other side of the crackling yellow and orange flames points at me and he goes, you don't know it yet, but you're already dead. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I couldn't stop thinking about those words. I mean, I'd wake up in the middle of the night mumbling to myself out of a sound sleep. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. What does he mean? And it came to be New Year's Day of 2009. And I woke up and pulled out a pad and a pen to write down my list of goals for the year as I'd become accustomed to doing when I became successful in business. And that year, I asked myself a question inspired by the shaman. And that question was, if this was going to be the last year of my life, what would I want to accomplish? And I was as surprised as anybody when the first thing I wrote down was, I would want to write my book about my experiences at the Wharton Business School that helped me to become successful as a businessman once I gave up on trying to become a filmmaker and a movie star like Spike Lee, a 13-year odyssey, by the way, that put me behind the wheel of a taxi for six years. And and on New Year's Eve of the Millennium, I was like 12 years into trying to become a movie star – and driving a taxi on New Year's Eve of the millennium, and that's when I had my breakdown and said, this isn't worth it anymore, and I quit writing. I said, I'm not going to write another word. And so here we are, January 1st, 2009, and I haven't written anything in over eight years, and the first thing that I write down that I would want to accomplish if I was going to die that year is write my book. So 2009, I wrote my book, What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School. I got healthy. I, I, at that point in my life, I was obese. I lost 40 pounds and became healthy again. I built a factory for my company. I, I did all kinds of amazing things. And it was because I was living as if I was going to die, something I called the last year of your life. And in 2010, like, so, oh, one of the other great things I did that year was I quit smoking. Marijuana on December 14, 2009. And so here we are in January of 2010, and I called up this publicist and I said, I want to promote this experience of living as if you're going to die. This is the most amazing thing I've ever done. And she goes, you know, aside from laughing at me, she goes, you have no credibility with that. You don't have a book. You don't, you're not Tony Robbins. 
you know, they're, then they're never going to put you on TV for that. But we could get you on TV for your book about the Wharton Business School because that's a nice piece of credibility for you. So at first I was talking about even though I wanted to promote living as if it's the last year of your life, I went on TV following her instructions in little tiny cities like Salt Lake City and um, Sacramento and promoted this book about the Wharton Business School because that was my way to get on TV. And what I've learned is that once you become a quote-unquote celebrity on TV, then you can go on TV to promote anything you want. So what I advise my clients is what is the fastest way for us to get you on the most amount of TV stations and get you as many appearances as we possibly can? What is it about you, your background? What credibility do you have? What expertise? And then once you become a celebrity, then you can promote anything you want. Yeah, it's amazing how our society works with celebrity, right? The doors that open to you, and sometimes it's perceived celebrity. And you don't have to be Brad Pitt. You don't have to be the king of you know, celebrities out there. Um, I've noticed, you know, I've done a lot of publishing for clients. Just having a book out there is one of the, really the easiest, although it can be hard to create a, a good book. But just by having that, all of a sudden you're a published author. Even if it's self-published, there's that degree of credibility there. And as it goes up the scale, I think really probably right around the top of the scale is, uh, you know, TV appearances because our society and our culture is so ingrained to say, hey, if I've seen them on TV, they must be, they must be somebody worth listening to. So I can see that how that probably opens a lot of doors. You said a lot of smart things in there. And the first thing you said was perceived celebrity. All celebrity is perceived. Celebrity is the, is the perception and it's also relative. So, you know, compared to Brad Pitt, I'm not a big celebrity. But compared to who I was in 2010, I'm an enormous celebrity. Because I was able to, even though my first four appearances all sucked, I'm sitting there at the kitchen table watching the appearances. I had them all on my YouTube channel. I'm watching them with my wife. And after the four of them were over, after I'd spent $6,000 on getting them, and I said, uh, what do you think? And she goes, uh, I think you suck. <laughs> I, I think if you're ever going to get it on the Today Show, you're going to have to do a lot more appearances. And I said, I agree. So I'm going to call up that publicist and have her book me on 10 more. And my wife goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you have to keep paying that lady? Why don't you book yourself on these shows? And at that point, I didn't think that that was really possible. I thought, you have to have a publicist book you. You can't – it's the wrong – first of all, I thought it was the wrong positioning. Wrong. It's better positioning to book yourself. It's really? better for, yeah, it's better for you to call up a TV producer and pitch them, basically audition for them over the phone. Then you follow up with a professionally put together one page PDF proposal. I call that a segment proposal about what you want to do on their show. And if you can hit them with that one two punch, a very passionate, professional, over the phone pitch where they can hear you speak and carry on a conversation, and then follow up with a good one page PDF, boom, you're in. And they'd rather deal directly with you, the talent, than have to go through an intermediary like a publicist or an agent because that just makes them have less control. If they've got your cell phone number, if they've talked to you and they can tell that you're sane and that you can talk about your topic and put sentences together, they feel a lot more comfortable than if you're just getting booked by some PR agency. So I'll tell you exactly why that, that just – because for a minute there I was thinking, hmm – I've always thought that it may be better positioned because I've got my people to set stuff up. But then I 
literally had an experience uh, just today that punctuates your point. So I have this podcast, right? And a lot of people want to get on the podcast. So I get an email last week, or I take I take it back on uh, over the weekend from somebody who said I work with so and so, and you know we would like to get him on your show, and etc. Here's all why he's great. And I remember thinking that I would really like for so and so to to contact me. And, um, and, and I don't really want to be, I don't know if I'm dealing with a, a VA over in India or the Philippines. I don't know who I'm dealing with. And I would much rather if that person would have contacted me. So I responded. I said, yeah, I looked him up. He, he seems like a decent guy. Have him contact me. So I didn't book it straight through him. I wanted to see if this guy would take the moment to send me an email and contact me. And he did. And the minute he did, I liked it much more because I want to deal with the person that I'm going to be having the relationship with. So what you just said, that was, that makes a lot of sense, especially coming from somebody who does get requests to be on the show. Great. And now, now that you know how it feels now, imagine if the person were to contact you and give you a professionally put together pitch mm-hmm. and drop in some bud buzzwords that make them sound like they know what they're doing in terms of not just their area of expertise, but also in terms of being a guest on TV, mm-hmm. as opposed to the normal whack jobs that call up and say, hey, y'all, I got some good stuff going on down at the car wash. I'd love for you to send out them TV cameras, come out and check it out, right? That's, <laughs> exactly. the, that's the way a normal pitch is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? And then they follow up with a one-page PDF that looks professional and gives them all the information of what – What's going to happen on the show? It's a slam dunk because they don't get those types of pitches. Right. Okay. So now we're in a situation with, all right, so yeah, now I can book myself on on a show. Where do I go? Well, the first show I booked was Biloxi, Mississippi. And that's not even in the top 100 markets. But I went there and I did the appearance and that was the first one that I got without having to pay. Mm Mm-hmm. And my first year, and it wasn't easy. I mean, it took me weeks to figure out how to do this because, you know, there's two options when you call a TV producer. You usually get a voice, uh, a recording. It says, you've reached the newsroom at WXYZ for breaking news, press one. For news tips and story ideas, press two. And if you press one, then you get a live person. If you press two, you get a recording, you leave a voicemail, and you never hear from them again. But when you press one, you have to have, quote, unquote, breaking news. What is that? There's certainly no breaking news in my book, what they teach you at the Wharton Business School, the the oldest business school in the world. There's no breaking news in there. I had to figure out how to make what I had acceptable to a person who answers that phone and wants me to hit them with breaking news. And I got many phones slammed down in my ear because I didn't know how to do that yet. So – It took me weeks to get that first appearance booked in Biloxi, Mississippi. And then from there, I kept going. You know, success builds on itself. My first year, I booked myself on seven appearances. I would have paid the publicist $10,500 to book me on those appearances. My second year, I booked myself on 20 more. So all in all, I saved a total of over $40,000 in booking fees by doing it myself in just under two years. My 32nd television appearance was in the number one market in America on NBC New York. My 57th television appearance, they called me and invited me to come on the Today Show and be interviewed by Brooke Shields at Studio 1A in 30 Rockefeller Center. 
And I thank God that I had all 57 appearances before that one because it was a really big deal. There's like a thousand lights in the ceiling. There's like nine cameras in all different directions. There's Brooke Shields sitting in front of me and Willie Geist on the other chair. Really easy to be nervous, right? right? Really easy to be nervous. There's a whole crowd of people standing outside behind the barricades watching through the windows and then all of America watching beyond that. So what I learned was that you really you want to enjoy this journey of learning how to be a good guest on TV because it's going to prepare you for when you finally get that opportunity so that you can be great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the types of people and I I want to set this up. I want to let you know where I'm going in the, in the rest of this interview. So the ty- the types of people who can really benefit from this are obviously you know obviously local businesses who you know want to get on their local market etc. But I have a feeling you tend to work with people who are looking for more of a uh, of a national audience. The credibility, probably. You, I'm guessing you work with a lot of experts and um, and people who have businesses that they're trying to bring prominence to. Is there an ideal type of a person that you typically work with? Okay, so you know, in in becoming Dan Kennedy's GKIC Info Marketer of the Year, I have studied the work of Dan Kennedy very carefully. And, I, yeah. Right? And and over the course of his 40-year career in the experts industry and as a speaker on stages with General Schwarzkopf and and Donald Trump and and George Bush in arenas during the success conferences, he's learned a few things. So what I've learned from Dan Kennedy is that the most important thing for an entrepreneur is to be perceived as being of higher status than his competition, mm-hmm. being more important. And so I say that – and and Dan Kennedy puts it in his colloquial way, which is so charming. He goes, whoing is more important than doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Becoming a bigger who is the most important thing you can do for your career. So – I say that I don't, I don't care who you are or what you do. If you need people to pay you money for what you do or for what you sell, then you need to be perceived as a more important who. And that, that holds true for auto mechanics. I had an auto mechanic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who has come through my training and done 13 TV appearances, including two appearances on Fox Los Angeles. I don't care if you're an insurance broker. I got an insurance, I got a, an insurance wholesaler in Orange County, California, who has done half a dozen appearances to bolster his position when he goes out there and sells Obamacare insurance policies to major corporations. And he says that he's the only guy in insurance who's doing this, who's going on TV to gain positioning and status, and it's helping him stand out. And he can draw a direct line between local TV appearances and seven-figure deals in the insurance industry. Um, So so let let me interrupt you there. Because yeah. I want to bring up a point that I have a feeling this is correct, uh, based upon some experience I've got with like other people who have been on TV, etc. You tell me if this is correct or if, if these people had it wrong. So it's not necessarily the fact that you were on a local television station, or even five of them or ten of them, that all of a sudden leads came in and flooded. You know, you didn't necess- People don't necessarily make money off of that it's how you leverage that for the bigger and better deals am i correct or i mean obviously people see bumps in what they're doing but the folks that i've talked to who who've been on tv etc said yeah the credibility 
the, the money came from the leverage that the credibility provided them to get bigger and better opportunities, not necessarily from just, hey, a bunch of people watched the news and then went out and bought my stuff. Is that correct oh. or is that? Okay, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of concepts in here that we need to deal with. Mm -hmm. The first one is that if all TV or interviews on any medium did, like even this interview right here, if all these interviews did was to help you to be more secure in what you're actually talking about, help you develop your thoughts and your messaging to a more cohesive and coherent presentation. That would give you more confidence, and more confidence would make you more successful. Can you agree with that? Absolutely. Right? Confidence is the most important thing when it comes to success in business. So if all it did was make you more confident, that would help you to make more money. But really the issue is how do you use media in your marketing strategy? How, how is media actually valuable to an entrepreneur? And I say – that the purpose of media, even getting on a big show like Good Morning America, is not to get the needles in the haystack, which is the broad audience. See, the mass media is about connecting with mass audiences. But what do we know about marketing? Everyone in marketing knows the that you have to are pick, in the niches. Right. You have to pick the riches in the niches, right? So how do you do that by using a mass media strategy? Well, you have to repurpose the media and focus it on your niche, which means on your customers and prospects. It's not who sees me on ABC Des Moines, Iowa at 7 a.m. in the morning. It's my customers and prospects getting that video redeployed to them in my marketing. It's not even who sees me on Good Morning America, although the chances of me finding needles in haystacks when I'm on Good Morning America in front of their millions of people in their audience are greater than in Des Moines, Iowa. But more importantly, it's what I do with that video in the eyes of my customers and prospects. Exactly. And that's where I was going with that because that is one of the things that is so important from having a book as a calling card to having then on television. I mean, just immediately... If it's nothing else, if you're just going apples to apples, you versus your anybody else who's doing what you're doing, call them your competition. If you've been on television, all things being equal, you have way more perceived authority. People will want you to come speak at their event. They'll want you to, you know, to hire you simply because of that. So that's, so you just kind of confirmed and it's probably a misconception that a lot of people have thinking, oh, I'm going to be on the news and then I'm going to get flooded with, with traffic. But no, smart marketers use that perceived authority to, to leverage it. So you teach this stuff in a, um, and we're not going to, we're not going to plug, you know, your, uh, your program yet. Although folks, if you, if you really like this, stay tuned because I'm going to let Clint tell you how to actually learn the nitty gritty of this. But I don't let any of my guests, you know, leave the show without giving me some kind of bacon wrap goodness, some sizzling hot ideas that they can go out and either do right now or really get a kind of a leg up. So what would you recommend somebody do? Let's, what would you say the steps are? Give me the steps in general. You don't have to give me all the details, but what are the steps in order to get booked on TV? Let, let's say I wanted to be on television. Okay. So notice you're asking me this because there's not a lot of people who really know how to do this. Right. I would assume it's just like, oh, I got to come up with an angle. Then I got to call or email the, uh, the producer and make that, make just an amazing pitch that's going to make them go, hmm, this would make a great story. But that's, 
you know, that's all I would think, right? So I imagine it's a little bit more uh, methodical than that. It is. I actually have a mathematical formula for how to do this. Oh, we like math. Okay. I, I realized after booking myself on 18 appearances, I started teaching other people how to do this. And in the last three and a half years that I've been teaching this, my students have booked themselves on more than 2,085 TV appearances with ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and CW News and talk shows around the country, including Good Morning America, Today Show, Dr. Oz, CNN, everything. Cool. Right. So, okay, so let's, let's start with, you said this would make a great story. It's not about stories. It really isn't. While they may do profiles on you, that's not really what you want. What you want is a segment where you offer content. We're in an age of content marketing, are we not? Yes. Okay, so why would going on TV news be any different? The most effective content helps the viewer to solve a problem or improve their life, and that's what you need to be offering TV news and talk show producers. Hey, Mr. Miss Producer, here's the problem. As demonstrated by this statistic from Time Magazine or another third-party credible source that a great large percentage of your audience is experiencing. So, for example, one in eight women will develop breast cancer, according to the American Cancer Society. That's the statistic that we used to get my client, MJ Jenkins, on 12 appearances in the first two weeks after her attending Celebrity Launchpad. And then she used the same thing to go over to South Africa and book herself on three national television shows in South Africa while she was over there vacationing and hanging out with her friends. Cool. So she positioned herself as a celebrity in her little group of peers by going on three national TV shows. So don't think in terms of stories. Think in terms of a segment that is content. All right? Number two, the easiest place in the world is to book yourself in your own hometown. That's called the local angle. If you're a local donut shop and you want to run a special thing where you're going to give a kid a free donut for every A on their report card, you're going to get TV cameras coming down there because you're going to be having kids. You're going to be having kids eating donuts, free stuff for the community, and you're local in the community. However, the last place – okay, so that's your second tip, all right? The first tip is don't th- think in terms of stories. And let me, let me add a little bit about that story thing right now before I forget, and that is it's not about you and it's not about your book. It's about the hook. So what is the hook in this case? And the, the hook in this case is free donuts for every A for every kid with their report card, right? Now, now you deploy this hook in the local market. But the problem is, is that when you go on TV in the local market, you better be good because that's your local TV station and that's where you want to go on TV all the time. You want to become a recurring regular on your local TV. In this way, you get the most bang for your buck and you have to spend the least time and effort going on because what I recommend to you to do is go do 10 or 15 TV appearances in small cities around the country. Either drive there in your car as far as you're willing to drive, make three or four hour radius around your home city and get in your car and make a media tour. That's a buzzword. Or get on Southwest Airlines and see where you're willing to fly. Where can you fly cheap on Southwest Airlines or any other low cost airline and target those cities as places that you want to go on TV news and talk show interviews so that you can learn how to be good 
Make your mistake someplace where you don't care if you've made a mistake there. You don't know anyone there. No one's going to see you there. And you don't want to go back there because it's a hassle to get there. So this is the strategy that I recommend. Go to other cities. Start out in the smallest cities that you possibly can and make your mistakes over there and learn how to do this. And then work your way back to your hometown. Hopefully it's like a medium-sized city like – What's a good example? Like um, uh, San Diego or Las Vegas, nice, nice medium-sized cities. If you live in either one of those, you want to go do 10 appearances somewhere else before you go because you can very easily become a recurring regular in San Diego or, or Las Vegas. I, I'm not even from either one of those cities, and I appear regularly on TV there. Anytime I want to go on TV and work out new material or or just, you know, get some get some time in front of the camera or on air, I go to those places because it's easy for me to get there and I go there all the time. Right. And I imagine I mean this goes without saying, the uh, after you get your foot in the door there and you've done a decent job, picking up the phone and making that call and getting back on the air is probably infinitely easier because they you're a known commodity. Yeah, especially if you give the producer a nice little gift on your way out the door. Like, I have a gourmet food company. I'm the president and owner of the Five Star Butter Company. And I provide the best butter on earth to the top chefs in America. And I work with a lot of top chefs. And so when I go do TV appearances, regardless of what it's for, whether it's for one of my books or or I'm doing a cooking demonstration using the butter, I always give the producer – a pound of butter as a gift on the way out the door, it helps them to remember you. So it's not like you're bribing them with money. Like my mechanic, the um, auto mechanic, Dave Striegel, he gives them an oil can with chocolate chip cookies in it. Uh, That's great. Yeah, that's great. It's a promotional oil can with chocolate chip cookies. That's the gift he leaves. So I, I, I always recommend my students to give a nice little gift. It helps them to remember you next time. Yep, little stuff like that definitely goes a long way. So, so we've kind of covered the, the 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 power of perceived celebrity. I mean, and you really can become celebrity, not just perceived. Um, for people listening, like I have always been a very proactive with my reputation. So I I've done things such as you know whenever I have little wins in my life or whatever. I'll do everything from press releases, if nothing else, so that when you Google my name, I'm in control of what shows up. And uh, I'll do podcasts. I'll do other things to put my name out there. When you Google your name, what shows up? There are things that you can do in order to increase your perceived authority. Um, As I said, I've got a big history doing this with books. Clint is doing this at an even bigger level with television. And I can tell you from experience that, um, you know, the people that I pay attention to, I, I take notice, oh, this person's been on television instantly, even though I understand perceived and real celebrity, etc. that makes me take notice. So does it make you take notice? Are you somebody who is potentially interested in uh, exploring this further? Clint, if they are interested in exploring it further, what, tell me about what you offer, your program, uh, because I know you've, spoke, you've spoken, spoken, to, spoken to me about it uh, you know, live at the event. Tell them what, can, what they can expect if they kind of want to go down this rabbit hole with you. <laughs> well, uh, dive in at whatever level you like. I've got, as Brendan Burchard likes to say, a very integrated product suite 
related to how you can create celebrity for your personal brand using local TV. And I'm the only person in the world who teaches this methodology for creating celebrity. And the crazy part of it is this is what you should really do. You want to be a celebrity? Go on local TV and work your way up from small to medium to large cities all the way up to the national shows. That's how you do it. And I'm the only one who teaches you how to do it. So go to ClintArthur.tv. You can get my book, my DVD, a home study kit, a group coaching program where I teach you everything you need to know. And then you can show up on my weekly live coaching webinars and I will coach you on your appearances. Uh, and then there is Celebrity Launchpad and where it's basically done with you and done for you as much as it possibly can where I teach you my mathematical formula of how to get on TV anytime you want for free. It's in a very small group. It's only 12 authors, speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs at one class. And then uh, I teach you the formula for how to do it. I create the segment proposal with you so that you like what you're going to be doing. And I know that the producers will like it because I've produced more than 400 of these segment proposals for my students. And I make sure that you learn how to do it yourself because my goal, unlike a lot of these gurus who are out there, my goal is not to create sycophants. My goal is to create peers who will be part of my celebrity mastermind, who will be part of my community of celebrity entrepreneurs because I believe, as I have learned over the decades, that celebrities hang out with other celebrities. You always see them hanging out together because it reinforces your celebrity, and I'm building a community of entrepreneurs and authors and speakers and coaches who understand how to create and grow their celebrity. So I teach you how to pitch so that you're instantly believed to be credible by my producer friends. I teach you how to be awesome on TV so that when you go on the TV shows with my friends as the producers, you're going to make them look good and you're going to make me look good. And I teach you the easy mistakes to avoid so you don't look stupid or weak or like a fool when you're on TV because a lot of people are afraid of that. And, awesome. then, and then I bring in my friends by Skype video who are producers at ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, and you pitch them your pitch – that I, that I rehearse you on and put together for you. And I guarantee that at least three of them will book you on their show or else we'll refund all your money plus $500. We used to only guarantee two, and we found out that we've had 100% success with this program. Every single person admitted to Celebrity Launchpad has been booked on at least four shows. So I've recently raised the minimum guarantee from two to three, and we over-deliver on that every single time. Yeah, that's so, amazing. I love yep. it. I love it. So they can get that at clintarthur.tv. Clint, before we go, I've got a couple other questions I just want to ask. I ask these a lot of our guests. So I want to know a couple things. Number one, who is your – sometimes I use the word hero. Who is somebody you haven't met yet that you would just absolutely love to meet? Maybe who's on your radar? Donald Trump. Okay. No doubt about it. Number one best-selling author, came back from bankruptcy – I think he should be the next president of the United States, and I think he's awesome. Cool. Anybody else? Um, I would love to be friends with Tony Robbins. I would love to connect with Tony Robbins. He is uh, you know, the poster child <laughs> for Very the true. expert industry. He is the definition of the greatest seminar leader and presenter, and 
I would love to have a closer relationship with him. I did walk on fire at Unleash the Power Within at on his road. Did you walk on fire? No, I haven't actually done Unleash the Power. I really want to, though, one of these days. Well, you know, there's like 10 rows of flaming hot coals. And when I went, he was standing at the head of one of the lines. Oh, and nice. I picked that line to go on, and he's the one. Like, that's as close as I've ever gotten to him. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the next question is, what is kind of a nut that you're trying to crack right now. Give me one either thing that you're, le- you're either looking for people, like resources, a skill set you're trying to develop, a, a strategy you're trying to figure out, just any kind of a nut you're trying to crack at the moment. I'll tell you exactly what is my, my number one focus right now. I'm holding an event at the Harvard Faculty Club on December 5th. It's called Business Experts Forum. And at the Business Expert Forum, I'm going to have a whole bunch of really smart, advanced business people who understand the value of speaking in, in, in a place like the campus in Cambridge. And I'm looking for a celebrity to be our celebrity speaker. So this is, this is a nut that has eluded me so far. And I, I 100% believe that I'm going to crack this nut. I have the money. And I have the desire, but you know, I'm looking for a recognizable face and a recognizable name to come and speak at this event with us on December 5th. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. And I will uh, put my thinking cap on there to think if I can think of anybody who would fit that bill for you. Last question. Who do you know that you think would be a, a great guest for me to talk to in your network, I mean, you know a lot of people, but does anybody come to mind that you could recommend? The people that I tend to um, want on the show the most are anybody who's doing anything just remarkable in business, marketing, or especially with building relationships, connecting, thinking outside the box, and doing something a little bit different. Is there anybody who kind of comes to the top of your mind as, as a great reference to show? 100%. His name is Dave Striegel, S-T-R-I-E-G-E-L. He's an auto mechanic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's also a coach for other auto mechanics who want to make more money in their shop. And this guy was so innovative in the way he used celebrity to position himself as somebody more important and better than hundreds and hundreds of competing candidates. What his goal was, he wanted to be a speaker on the main stage at the Napa Auto Parts Convention in Las Vegas. Actually, his original goal was he wanted to just have a breakout session. And he was so successful at that, they gave him four breakout sessions, each with 450 people enrolled in each one. And then they said, hey, we're looking for people to go on the main stage and talk about the seminars and promote the seminars to the whole convention in Mandalay Bay Convention Center on the arena floor in front of 12,000 auto mechanics, and he made that happen. And then he also used local, he did this all with local TV. And then he also had been trying to get to be a contributing author for Motor Trend Magazine, which is the number one magazine for the auto mechanic industry. And he wasn't able to crack that nut. And so he used local TV in a supremely innovative way to go on and become a contributing editor for that magazine. I love it. Make that introduction, would you? Oh, yeah, I definitely. Think, yeah, no, that's the, those are the kind of people that I love to hear what they're doing, and especially that's going to be different than a lot of the guests I've had because I love the fact that, like, auto mechanic becomes celebrity and, and leverages that. That's awesome. Clint, thank you very much for joining me on 
the show today. You've shared a lot of great stuff. I know that there's, you know, I know my audience well enough to know that their ears are probably really perked up when they heard this and didn't even know that some of this stuff was necessarily possible or seemed like it was totally out of their reach, or they probably didn't even understand the real benefits that would come from, um, from doing this. Guys, go check out Clint's stuff. And if you liked this episode, if you want more of it, if you want more information on this, you can always email me directly at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. You can leave a review on iTunes. I read every single one of those. And you can share this on social media with your friends. Now, I recently started doing something else you may be interested in. See, I have been told that I've got a golden Rolodex. I seem to know a lot of people. And I'm always looking for resources, not only for myself and my business, but for uh, people like podcast guests, people in my masterminds, business partners, etc. People are always asking me, Brad, who do you know that can provide this service, that can do that and the other? And a lot of times I've got an answer for them because I do pay attention to the contacts that I have. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I need good, reliable resources. And that's where you come in. So if you currently have a skill set, if you work with clients, if you offer some kind of a service in marketing, business, anything at all, it could be you could be a lawyer listening to this it doesn't matter i'm always trying to continue to build my rolodex with trusted resources if you're a listener of the show i already like you so here's what you can do go to baconwrappedbusiness.com forward slash who are you and what you'll see there is simply a, a form that you can fill out it's a quick little survey about you and you can tell me do you accept clients what do you do what's your website etc i will go through every single one of these mainly because I'm betting that not everybody's going to take the moment or the chance to go over and add themselves to my Rolodex. Uh, a guy named Greg just did it the other day, and he does website development. I happen to know somebody who needs some website development that he specializes in, and I've already made the introduction. So the other thing that you can do is share this with other people, because as other people listen to this show, this grows. We all start talking about it. We get better together, and there's nothing more than I would like than to continue on with this show and help you out and myself and guests like Clint. So run over to baconratbusiness.com forward slash who are you? Let me know who are you. Till next time, Clint, I really appreciate your time on this, brother. It's been real, man. And, you know, I really want to stress that if I could do it, anybody can do it. And everybody should do it. You have to become a more important who please go to clintarthur.tv, Clint like Clint Eastwood, Arthur dot like the king dot TV, like I am looking forward to seeing you on television. I like it. There's that TV voice. All right, guys. See you next time.